Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two of A Raging Podcast. I am your host, Sid, and today we are going to be talking about a subject that is not talked about enough. And when I say that, emphasis on enough. Um, Because even when I was on TikTok, I never saw people talking about it. I would see people labeling themselves as such, but I would would never see videos or just anything of the sort of people like actually talking about death work and death witches and death workers and whatever the case may be. So just know that the title of this podcast, What the Fuck, Death Worker or Death Witch, is literally what we are going to be talking about because personally like I said like I I really feel like it's not talked about enough and I genuinely feel like not a lot of people even know the difference and not a lot of people know that this even exists that this is even a thing so we're gonna kind of begin with the whole death work concept so A lot of people tend to confuse death work with necromancy. Now, anyone can practice necromancy. Anyone can learn it. Anyone can study it. Anyone can do it, right? And necromancy is pretty much the concept of, you know, working with the dead, working with spirits. Um, And like I said, like anybody, anybody can learn to do that. But when it comes to death work, death work isn't a choice, It's not something that you can see and be like, "Mm, I don't want to do that or I do want to do that. It's It's not something you choose. Death work is a path. It is something that you were prone to before you even started practicing. And death work, um, basically psychic mediums and mediums practice death work. Not all of them. But a good majority of them do. Now, it really just depends on, you know, your path and your practice. But like I said, death work isn't something that you choose. It's something that's just there and just waiting for the right time to, you know, come to light and be like, hey, (laughs) this is your path. Um, And, you know, it just, it's just there. It's, it's, I can't explain enough that this is not something that you choose. When I talk about death work and, you know, even when I had TikTok, I would talk about it every so often. People were like, oh, well, how do I do that? Can I choose to do this? And it's like, no matter how many times I tried to explain, like, this is not something that you choose. This is something that is already meant for you. This is something that was already on your path. This is something that just, you do not choose the path of death work. It chooses you. And that's kind of where I'm going with the fact that, you know, not all psychic mediums and mediums are death workers, but a majority of them are um, because just sometimes it's just not in their path. And that's completely valid. You do not have to be a death worker to be a valid medium or psychic medium. I'm just going to point that out right now. You do not have to practice death work to be a valid medium or psychic medium. Okay. Okay. So, Essentially, you know, going kind of back on when I was talking about how when it comes to, you know, death work, just kind of waiting in the shadows until, you know, it's the right time for you to learn. So, (coughs) excuse me, I didn't learn that death work was my path until two years ago, almost two years ago, I want to say. Um, so that just kind of gives you a good estimate on how long I've been studying it. So we'll, I'll get more into the details, but anyways, 
Um, and I didn't learn it until I had actually, so funny enough, long story short, Odin was reaching out to work with me. Um, and at the same time, Hell was also reaching out to work with me. Now I knew that someone was reaching out to work with me. I didn't know it was multiple, but I did know someone was reaching out to work with me. And at the beginning, I did get a lot of, um, feminine energy, just very, very powerful feminine energy. Now, mind you, I was already working with, you know, the Morrigan at this time. We love you, mother. Um, and I was used to that extremely powerful and just forceful feminine energy. I was used to that. So that's kind of the energy that I felt in the beginning when I was, you know, trying to figure out who was reaching out to me, but it was more so of like, okay, I know that someone's reaching out to me. I just don't feel like I can, you know, commit to that right now because, you know, I just started working with the more again. I had just found out that, you know, she was my matron. Um, I just started working with Artemis, just found out that Artemis was my patroness. And, you know, I was trying to devote as much time and effort and energy to those two as I possibly could at the time. And, you know, I'm just getting into deity work and it was just a lot for me. So I wasn't really focused too much on figuring out exactly who it was. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You guys ever have that cough where it's like you feel like you have something in your throat and every time you cough, you can't get it out? That's where I'm at. But <laughs> nonetheless, um, it got to a point where I was like, you know, I was comfortable with the work that I was doing with both Artemis and the Morrigan. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I feel like I am ready to allow this per this deity into my space. So it took me hours it took me hours doing divination, using my pendulum, using tarot cards, you know, meditating, just trying to figure out exactly who was reaching out to me. Now, I'm going to give you guys a pro tip really quickly. Um, when it comes to, so first and foremost, I do offer deity confirmations. A lot of people get them mixed up for identifications. I do not identify deities for you, but I can confirm them. Um, I did offer identifications for a little bit and it was just, it was a lot. <laughs> it was quite a lot. It, it Sometimes it was more than, you know, a mediumship reading. So I just, I kind of stopped offering that and just more so focused on confirmation. So I do offer confirmations. If you do have someone in mind, I do offer that on my readings. Um, but when it comes to, you know, figuring out exactly who is reaching out to, to you, start with the pantheon. Start with the mythology. You know, is this deity from Norse mythology? Is this deity from Greek mythology? Go down the list. Um, and then once you narrow that down, go down to, you know, is this a feminine deity or is this a masculine deity or is this a, you know, coincided combined deity? Because, you know, that does exist. <clears throat> Loki, we love you. Um and then kind of just go from there. Um, so there's your pro tip for the day. You know, you're welcome. But either way. Um, so I had spent hours, so long, so much time trying to figure out who was reaching out to me. And essentially, Odin had overpowered Hell's energy because Odin is the all-father. So it does make sense. Um, you know, it did make sense to me after everything was said and done. Um, so I did get Odin's energy, not Hell's. Um, in my readings and my meditations, I did not get one sliver of feminine energy, not one. It was all extremely masculine, extremely powerful. Um, and essentially that's when I kind of went down the list and eventually 
confirmed that it was Odin that was reaching out to me. And I was perfectly fine with that. But he wasn't really reaching out. So if you know the history between Odin and Loki and Loki's children, he was only there in my space to overpower hell because of their history. And this doesn't always happen, but I have, you know, had friends and heard other instances where this has happened to other people, but this isn't like a 100% all the time, this always happens kind of thing. Um, it really just depends. And of course, knowing my luck, I was lucky enough to deal with it. Um, so, you know, Odin was there. There was no mistaking that. He was there. Um, he was in my space, but he wasn't there to stay. He wasn't there to work with me. He was only simply there because he knew that hell was there and he didn't like that very much. Um, so, you know, fast forward a while, I was on a phone call with, you know, people I'm not friends with anymore. We're not going to get into that, but, um, I was on a phone call and we were all talking and that's when I came to the realization because this, one of the people that I was on the phone with, it was a phone call with multiple people, um, worked with hell, queen hell, and was actually getting messages the same time that I was getting messages. And it was just this really big, like it was emotional. I, I can't even, it genuinely, it was emotional. It was an emotional time. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, just wow um and essentially that's when I found out that it was actually hell and it made sense because I'm like oh my gosh you know that feminine energy I knew I wasn't going crazy and whatever the case may be and blah 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 and I ended up starting to work with hell I ended up allowing her in my space I made her you know her own little altar space I didn't have much room at the time but I you know did what I could um and a couple weeks into learning or working with her is when I essentially learned that, hey, um, not only are you a, a medium, but um, yeah, you're going to be doing death work with me. And that's why I'm here. Um, so I know that you guys have probably heard me just say medium. Um, that's because I'm really dumb sometimes and did not realize that I was a psychic medium until later on. So <laughs> yeah, great. Go, go me. Um, but essentially, that's where, you know, she was like, you need you need to meditate with me. Like, you, that that's what needs to happen. And basically, um, what she did was she took me to Helheim. Now, there are three roads to Helheim. It really just depends on which one you're going on. If you do, you know, your your research on Queen Hell and on Helheim, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was on the third road. She took me down the third road, third path um, through Helheim, um, and took me to these... Like I, so anybody who has meditated with hell and gone to Helheim with hell, you guys know that you can't look up like that. You, you can't look up. You can look down and you can see out of your peripherals, but that's it. That's all you get. And that's what I got. And essentially, you know, we were walking through this. It was like rusty stone hallway, like type thing. It was fucking huge and I could just feel the the heat from fire on both sides of me so I knew that there were flames I knew that I just you could see the shadows of it on the ground and we were walking through and then she stops me and all I see is like the bottom of two extremely large doors and they were like I don't even know how to like steel brown steel like just these doors were insanely huge and they looked insanely just strong and heavy and she stops and you know she's kind of like holding my arm 
and I can out of the out of my peripheral I can see her you know turn towards me and she goes these are the doors to the unworthy and bitch when I tell you when she told me that I was like (laughs) what why am I here (laughs) why am I here seriously (laughs) um but it was it was pretty quick um you know she looked down at me said that and then we continued walking but we ended up turning left and when we turned left we walked down another little hallway type thing I don't want to say like it's a hallway hallway but it just hallway corridor whatever you want to call it and essentially had turned right and started walking up a flight of stairs now the stairs went straight up and then almost like the stairs in my house, like they went straight up and there was a flat stair and then you turned and then you kept walking up just a couple more steps, right? And that's what we did. We walked up those stairs and that's when I was outside. We had, I had walked up the last step and I was now outside. Um, and when I got outside, she was like, you know, you can look up now. And then she was gone. She's gone that was it she was gone I was still there and I opened my eyes because like it was bright and I had just gotten gotten out of a dark place so you know I blinked a couple times and I looked around me and I'm like holy like what the fuck where where am I and I was looking around and ironically enough it was the cemetery um in the town that I used to live in and I went to that cemetery very often um and I was at the exact tree that I sit at when I go to that cemetery. Um, So that was pretty fucking nuts. That was pretty fucking nuts. And then I just heard, this is where it starts. So, you know, after I kind of got myself out of that meditation, I got ready and I went to the cemetery. And funny enough, she was there. And so were all of the other spirits. But that situation was essentially where I learned this, like, this is, you're going to be doing death work. And you need to start studying, you need to start educating yourself, you need to start looking into things, you need to start paying attention, all of those things. And it was really crazy because I was like, I had just gotten comfortable with working with, you know, Mother and Artemis. And I was like, you know what, I think I can let someone else into my space. And then the person, the someone else that I let in my space was Queen Hell of all deities and telling me you're going to be practicing death work and, you know, you have a shit ton of work to do. So that just, that was a lot. It was, it was a lot. And it's, it's funny now that I think about it because it's like, I, in the moment did not think that I was going to be able to do that. I was like, wait, what? And I knew that it wasn't something that I could choose and something that I could just be like, no, I don't want to do this. It, it's, I was chosen. I was just one of those chosen mediums and I just had to fucking do it. And that's essentially when I started learning. And so when you're learning death work, um, you start out with necromancy. Now, kind of going back to when I was explaining that, you know, necromancy is something that everyone can do. So necromancy really goes over all of the basics. And when you're practicing death work and you're just studying it, necromancy is where you start because you need to learn those basics in order to move forward because you need to know, okay, what are some rituals that, you know, I would need to do in case I get um, an angry spirit, for example. And, you know, it got into, you know, demonolatry and learning um, the daemons that would need to be called upon if, you know, I had a spirit that, you know, didn't want to cross over and just it's it's a lot it's a lot of information it's genuinely a lot of information um so 
that kind of explains to you why, because I know that some of you are wondering probably like, why, why are you studying death work for so long? Like, why, why aren't you just doing it? And it's because of the fact that when it comes down to helping spirits cross over, that's a lot, a lot more complicated than just speaking to a spirit. Um, helping them cross over entails quite a lot of things. You have to ensure that, you know, the spirit is ready to move forward. You need to ensure that there's, you have a gate ready to be opened or, or opened already. And it's just, it's a lot of information and it's, it can be very complicated. Um, and not all spirits are the same. Like I said, you know, you can get angry spirits to where you're going to have to call a daemon for help because the spirit doesn't want to move forward. And, you know, essentially they need to. And it's just, it's a lot. It's genuinely a lot. And I think it's really funny that I'm talking about this right now because I have quite a few spirits standing outside of my house, but it also is October. So, um, I, <laughs> um, oh, just kind of going off the trail real quick. Um, October is not the only time, like Samhain is not the only time that the, the veil thins. That's a really big misconception of Samhain. This is not the only time of the year that the veil thins. And not only that, but the veil only thins for a couple of weeks. Um, granted, yes, throughout the month it does start to thin and the spirits are more active because they do know what time of year it is. But it the veil is not, this is not the only time. So just letting you guys know. I'm probably, I probably dropped a couple jaws right there. But either way, um, so yeah, so death work entails a lot of work, a lot of education, a lot of studying, a lot of effort, a lot, just a lot, a lot. Um, and when it comes to death work, people who practice death work, so this is where we're kind of getting into the whole shebang. People who practice death work are death workers, okay? So that's kind of where that comes from. Well, not kind of, but that is where that comes from. People who practice death work are death workers, that's what that is. That's what that entails. And when it comes to being initiated into death work, that's a whole nother story because when you, whoever is walking with you on this path, once they believe that you are ready, that is when you will go to the astral. And essentially I've heard different things from different people, but the one thing that I've heard the most is you are taken away from your body in the astral and you know, placed somewhere that you're not familiar with and you have to find your body. Scary shit, right? Yeah, scary fucking shit. Um, personally, I have not been initiated yet. Um, I still have, you know, a lot to go. I have been getting distracted on my path. <laughs> it's normal. People, we get distracted and that's valid. That's completely okay. Um, but yeah, so people who practice death work are death workers. That's where that term comes from. Death work equals death workers. Now, as for a death witch, a death witch technically can practice death work, um, but I've never seen, I've, personally me, I'm just saying me, I've never seen a death worker call themselves a death witch. Now, you've probably seen, you know, a couple years back on my TikTok, I did say I did call myself a death witch because that's kind of when that term started coming more out to the light and I was really confused and I'm like, wait, wait, what? So I was kind of just switching off. Um, but down the line, after more education, um, you know, meditation with Queen Hell, I kind of learned more about it. And she was like, bitch, you, you get granted, it, technically you could be a death witch, but you're a death worker. So when it comes down to being a death witch, 
a death witch is a witch who works with the dead. And that's why I kind of say that, you know, a death witch technically could be a death worker. You could be both. If that's, that's really up to you. Genuinely, that's personal preference. If you want to call yourself one, call yourself one. If you want to call yourself both, call yourself both. Um, but generally a death witch is a witch who works with the dead. You know, you give offerings to the dead. You work with the spirits. You do workings with the spirits. You talk to the spirits. You, um, just, you put a lot of energy and effort in with the dead, with the spirits. Um, and that's kind of where that term came from. I don't remember where I originally saw it. I think it was on TikTok, but I can't remember exactly like who. Um, but I did see someone, um, changed their bio of someone, someone that I had followed for quite a while. And I saw that they had changed their bio and it was talking about, um, being a death witch. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what the fuck is that? Um, and essentially, like I said, a death witch is a witch who works, you know, with the dead. Um, I'm very closely at that. So when it comes to working with the dead, um, the dead are very different than working with a deity or working with a daemon. Um, they require the utmost, I mean, granted, you know, daemons and deities do require respect, but the dead, I have learned, you know, by my own working with them is that a lot of the things that I do, I do differently when it comes down to them. Like I give their offerings differently and I give them only specific offerings. It's not like, okay, you know, I'm, I have an orange in my hand and the mother was like, oh, well, can, can I have that as an offering? And I can't just like, oh, I have an orange in my hand. Let me give you this as an offering. No, I, you find specific things. And now this is just my practice. This isn't, you know, saying that it's like this for everyone. Um, but when it comes down to, you know, giving offerings to the dead, they their water needs to be changed out every one to two days. Um, when it comes to doing spells with the dead, they always need an offering in that vicinity, um, in the space that you're doing that spell or working. Um, when it comes to those specific offerings that aren't water or alcohol, um, what I will do personally is I, you know, say that there's, because my cemetery personally has juniper trees, it has cedar, um, pine, like all of those things. So say that, you know, I w walk through the cemetery and I come across some pine or some cedar and it's on the ground. And, you know, I do ask permission. Always, 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 always ask permission from the dead. And if they say no, you'll know. Even if you can't see or hear them, if they say no, you will know. I'm going to say that one more time after I take a sip of my drink. If the dead tell you no, you will know. Okay? And a lot of people are like, well, how? How am I going to know that they're saying no? Oh, baby. <laughs> you will know. You will know. Something will happen and you will know. And you know those gut instincts? Listen to those, especially when it comes down to the dead, especially if you can't hear or see them. Listen to those motherfucking gut instincts because, babe, let me tell you, you will know. Um, I've had instances where, you know, I've gone to the cemetery with um, friend, people who I'm not. I, literally every time I'm talking about instances with friends, I'm not friends with these people anymore. Um, so just know that. <laughs> uh, but I've gone to the cemetery with friends before and... Um, they have asked spirits like just basic ass questions and 
trust and trust me when I tell you because these people did not practice witchcraft. They obviously like they didn't hear see spirits, whatever the case was. They knew that those spirits were telling them no. They knew without a doubt. They knew. So by now you can probably tell that being a death worker versus being a death witch are two vastly, vastly different things. Now, as a death worker, you're pretty much prone and entitled to working with the dead as it is because that's kind of what you do. You're around spirits all the fucking time, literally all the time. I feel like I can't even... Listen, y'all. Genuinely, I feel like I can't even do sex manifestation and peace because I have four, five house spirits technically because, um, funny enough, I did a mediumship reading a while back. Um, it was the second reading I had done for this couple and it was with their um, child who had passed. And ever since that reading, their child stayed with me, which I think is just the most, the sweetest thing ever. She's, she's so cute. And then I also have a hound outside, um, who guards the house. No, it's not a real dog. It is a spirit. Um, and let me tell you, this hound is fucking huge. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I'm 5'8". This hound comes up to my tits sitting down. Okay? Okay. Um, either way. But, like, there, there's spirits everywhere. All the time. Just all the time as a death worker. And, you know, when it comes down to it, there's such thing as making boundaries or setting boundaries with the dead because you know as a death worker these spirits are drawn to you because they they see your energy and they see what you do in that energy if that makes sense um and it really just comes down to just setting those boundaries with them and just being like hey like do not come inside of my house do not mess with my family, do not do this, do not do this, and in exchange for that, I will, you know, continue to give you the utmost respect, um, and, you know, I didn't really know about boundaries with the dead until a little bit after I started working with hell and knew that I was, you know, going to be doing this and this was my path, um, so it took a while. Um, <laughs> I had spirits literally coming and going in my apartment, um, standing at the edge of my bed, um, knocking on my door, and then just walking through the fucking door. Like, it just, it, it, it was insane. It was quite the, quite the, the scene, if that's what you want to say. It was, yeah, it was that. It was that. Um, so, you know, as a death witch, you do need these boundaries, but at the same time, you kind of pick and choose when you work with the dead or when you speak to the dead. Um, I will say that, you know, it does still happen. Spirits do, you know, tend to show up, but it's not as much as a death worker because of the fact that you have that energy, you have that, you know, ability to open and close gates. You have the ability to cross these spirits over and they know that they, they know. And it's, it's a lot. When I say that being a death worker is very complicated, it's a lot. And, you know, not even being initiated into the process yet, knowing that it's a lot, it's just going to even, it's going to be even more, you know, moving forward. It's an insane process. I just, 
I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm reminiscing about just... It's very complicated. And I'm going to be honest, you know, it can be overwhelming. It can be a lot. But I wouldn't change or trade this, even though I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't trade this, but that's okay. Because I wouldn't. I genuinely wouldn't. You know, in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck is this? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? You you kind of understand the title of this podcast now. It was it was crazy. But, you know, moving forward and, you know, educating myself the way that I was and, you know, working with the dead more, I learned that it really wasn't that bad, I guess I would say. I can't really think of the right word right now. Like it just it's almost calming in a sense. Like once you get used to it, it gets to a point where it's calming. And you're just, you're so used to it that it's like when you walk out of the house in the morning and there's Jerry standing, you know, outside your door waiting for you to come outside and you just, hey, Jerry, just keep walking. That's the kind of comfort it is. It's like a neighbor that you're used to and that you like and that's always there. And for example, um, so a part of my death work is cemetery visits all the time and I think it's really funny so we're gonna kind of trail off real quick again because I really want to tell you guys this because I feel like I can't explain this enough because it's just absolutely insane well when I moved so when I moved I my last apartment I um we had a cemetery and then we also had a um a river and I know that you guys would those of you who followed me on TikTok would always see my river trips god do I miss those (laughs) unfortunately we don't have a river um that close to where I am I would have to actually go to the town that I came from to go to the river but either way um you know for months we were trying to find a place and we were trying to move and then we found this house now, I knew it was a jump because it is a house, but I was like, you know what? We're doing good. The, you know, the kids, I want the kids with us more often, which thankfully they are. I love those babies. Um, but but not only was this house absolutely perfect, but there was a house spirit in the attic. Um I honestly, when I, when I first came to the house and, you know, we were looking at the house, I couldn't be in the attic for more than two seconds without feeling the need to throw up. And that's just simply because, um, Lucy, do you mind if I kind of disclose vaguely your situation? Okay. She started laughing. Um, (laughs) so basically (laughs) she started laughing (laughs) She thinks this is funny. I don't think it's funny. I think it's pretty damn serious. But um, so trigger warning, you guys. Um, Lucy was actually murdered in this house. Um, and there is a room in the attic that I noticed, you know, when we were looking through the house. And this room actually has it's a makeshift room like someone whoever was here made this 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 room wasn't here when the house was built this was a room that was made purposely made um and it has a a, it's all wood and the door is locked from the outside that was one of the signs that I was like wait what 
I was a little confused at that. And then I opened the door. And that's, that's when I had, I literally ran downstairs, ran downstairs. I, I wanted to cry. I wanted to scream. I wanted to throw up. I just, all of these emotions literally overcame me. And like, I can sense Lucy, but she was very, um, what's the word? Shy and just not necessarily paranoid, but more so like hesitant at first because she was like, who the fuck are you? Which is completely understandable. But after I saw the inside of that room, that room has not been touched. There, her things are everywhere. You can tell that there's like little girl things in that room. Um, curtain rods knocked down, curtains everywhere, blankets everywhere. Just like shit is everywhere. And you can tell that it's been there for a while. Um, and, you know, I don't blame anybody else for not wanting to touch it either. Because goddamn, when I saw that room. Um, and, you know, she ended up kind of, I guess she got comfortable with my energy and she, you know, knew that I didn't want to hurt her and nothing like that. So the next time that we came to the house, actually after we got the house, the next time we came, I went up to the attic and I kind of introduced myself and I'm like, um, I'm sorry for the way that I reacted the last time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you know, that's Lucy then. Yeah. She's still laughing. <laughs> it's Lucy. Come on. Anyways, um, so on top of Lucy, there are two spirits down in the basement as well. And there's also a room in the basement, but this was also, this was made with the house. Um, and they like being in their room. They're very quiet. They don't talk much. I don't really speak to them very often. You know, when I'm in the basement, I do acknowledge them, but that's pretty much the gist of the relationship that we have, if you want to call it that. Um, it's really not much going on and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm content with that. If you guys want to be left alone, be left alone. Like that's perfectly fine. I'm going to respect that. Um, but it is a couple and this dog actually belonged to them. The, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Lucy's talking. Um, I feel like I sound extremely crazy to you guys because I just get silent and start talking. <laughs> I swear. Let's, I swear it's our spirit. Um, but the hound that's outside actually belonged to them. Um, and I kind of got, you know, as a psychic medium, I do see shit. Um, and I kind of got the gist of what happened to them. Um, basically, you know, the dog was offed first um because the dog was very protective still is very protective but was being very protective um it was an an intruder someone who was not supposed to be here um and there there was just a lot of fighting and then eventually you know the couple passed away um and they passed away in the basement because that's where they went to hide and you know there's a lot of dark history in this house but you know if the right person will appreciate that and will respect that me we're talking about me here. Um, but on top of the house having house spirits, there is an extremely, like, I can't even describe the size of the cemetery that is literally down the street. Like, I turn the corner and walk for, like, two seconds and I'm there. Um, this cemetery, I want to say, is about the size of a football field. Um, and then you go across the road and then there's the other half of the cemetery. Now I have not been to that half of the cemetery. 
Um, I don't know why. I know some of y'all might be like, well, why? I, I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. Um, it's not that I feel any side, you know, any type of energy, any just any unwelcomeness from that side. I just haven't gone over there. Um, because I do get social anxiety when I have to cross the road to even go to the cemetery in the first place because it's a busy road. There's always cars and I just, I don't want to look like that bitch, you know, it's just, it, it's more so just me and my social anxiety. Um, that's the best way I know how to put it. Um, but on top of having, you know, the house spirits and then the hound, <clears throat> I had just started working with Lady Hecate, um, right before we moved actually. And I still to this day, she won't admit it. But still to this day, I, I genuinely feel like um, Lady Hecate had a really big influence on us moving to this specific house and this specific area and just everything that came with it. The hound, the house spirits, the cemetery, just everything. Um, because she's also here to kind of like give me that extra push when it comes to my death work. Um, so there's a story of, you know, how we found this house and why why I personally feel like we're here. Because I, I know that this house is meant to push me in the right direction and I um you know with all of the stupid drama that happened on TikTok I feel like that was meant to happen and that was meant to kind of change my perspective because my when I had TikTok my perspective was not where it needed to be granted yes I was doing my practice but I wasn't doing it the way that I am now without it and that needed to happen they there excuse me there have been quite a lot of shifts in my perspective being in this house even just for the few months that we have been here and I couldn't be more thankful and you know this is this is the house where you know I started working with Lord Lucifer and I learned that Lilith was also reaching out and I learned that Baphomet's reaching out no I'm not working with Lilith or Baphomet yet 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 um just because I have a lot I have a lot of commitment already so um, but yeah, so that's kind of where that trails off from. Um, sorry. Lucy also has a cat, you guys. I just remembered that because I just turned around and she's messing with my plant. Um, <clears throat> but yes, Lucy also has a, has a cute, kitty, kitty little kitten. Um, but yeah, so... <sighs> Death work or death worker versus death witch. Vast, 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 vast difference. But again, you can be a death worker and also consider yourself a death witch because as a death worker, you are working with the dead and very closely at that. Um, and it is something that I, like I said, I wouldn't trade. This is something that I really enjoy. This is something I find comfort in. And I know that some of you out there who do work with the dead will understand where I'm coming from when I say that I find comfort in working with the dead. I, I find comfort in what I do. I'm grateful to be, you know, the, the, even the mediumship readings that I offer. Yes. Oh, I offer mediumship readings and they're on sale for $20 off. You know where, you know where the link is y'all. You know where the link is. Um, but yeah, that sale is going to be going on all month, but either way, you know, even mediumship readings that I do, I'm so grateful, genuinely grateful to just have the gift that I do and be able to share it with others and, you know, do mediumship readings for others and just read the feedback and just how, you know, I was literally describing, you know, a past loved one, the way that they looked in a picture or describing the picture itself or describing, you know, their last moments or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I'm extremely grateful. 
extremely grateful and I would not trade it for anything. Um, but yeah, so I hope that you guys got something good and something juicy out of this podcast. And I will see you guys next Saturday. I hope you guys enjoyed and blessed be.